Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Sam Nias. will be alongside me today as the man behind the Twitter, Wrestling's Voice of Reason, Scott. We're coming from above the ring ship at Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, covering all things from AEW to WWE Worldwide, coming to you Monday morning, Turner time. Scott, it's been forever since it's been you and I. We were just looking at this. June 12th was the last time we had a regular ATR episode. Yep, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. You know, we've been doing a lot of pre-shows, post-shows. You know, we've been doing a lot of the New Japan stuff. But it's finally good for you and I to just chat. Yeah, absolutely. Chat. Um, Before we kick things off, uh, we have been pushing YouTube a lot. We've been trying to drop more content on YouTube. So that's our focal point. I'll tell you my business strategy right now. That's our focal point. So make sure you go like, share, subscribe. We're going to be start dropping these podcasts on YouTube alongside, you know, the you know your podcast apps wherever you you'll listen to podcasts mm-hmm. <laughs> scott how we doing we're doing a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff has has happened since june <laughs> a yeah. lot has happened since <laughs> yes as we record this i mean all out hasn't even happened so we'll be talking about that obviously at a later show yep yep um, yeah we, we had all in from you know, from from Wembley, which was which was a great show. Again, we'll talk about that this this later this week when we do our our post shows for both All Out and All In. Um, payback <laughs> just happened on, on Saturday night. Now is actually a lot better than I expected it to be. Um, yeah, there's just been there's there's been crazy things. We've had we've had the deaths of Terry Funk. We had Bray Wyatt pass away. Um, uh, then you know, there's that small little thing in AW with CM Punk getting fired, but you know, it's you know, it is what it is. But it's just been, yeah, it's 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 been kind of crazy, and it's 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 nice to just kind of sit down with you once again, like we with the OG thing, and just just talk some wrestling. Yeah, well, it's funny because I was gonna do the segue and be like big news, and then talk about Jimmy Duff- Buffett passing away, and you know, at seventy six in his home in New York, and this and that. Da, 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 da. There's nothing in the wrestling world that'll top that. That happened on the same day. Ironically enough, CM Punk officially terminated from AEW. Yep. So we're gonna talk about this quickly. Scott and I, we don't have an agenda on this episode. We're gonna ramble. We're gonna, those, you know, those are the best episodes, though, because we, episodes, we, yeah. we go on tangents for it's great. <laughs> we could. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is going to be our, you know, 2023, you know, fall ramble scramble. Um, <laughs> I like that, actually. <laughs> like that. Idea? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I want to we want to touch on this. We're not this whole episode is not going to be CM Punk, because guess what? There's a lot to be talking about. I'm just going to start off with taking the glasses off because, Ooh. you know, that shit is serious when the glasses come off, folks. It's very true. We're not going to dwell on this. There's so many other outlets carrying it, and there's so much hearsay. Mm. But to start off with the the summary of this, obviously at all out there was an all in there was a you know a dispute between you know Punk and Jack Perry about you know Perry using you know real glass and you know supposedly and there is CCTV, so this isn't like all out where there's a lot of you know he said she said bullshit, right? This time there is some CCTV footage of it that hasn't been released, but you know, again, there was a fight in front of Gorilla, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Where Tony was sitting. Um, Punk and Perry went at it. Tony Khan told Punk to let Perry go, and he lunged at Tony. And then he said, I hate this place, I quit. Now Jack Perry was sent home mm-hmm. from that show uh, right after because I believe he did the pre-show, and Punk opened up the main card. Um, again, I'm gonna before I give my final statement on this whole debacle, because I'm telling everyone right now, you know, John's gonna want to talk about it at some point. Yep, I am almost tempted to just give him his own, you know. He can have his own take on it. I don't care. He's probably going to talk about it during the post show. Probably. Yes, probably will. But we. We here, at least myself. will be talking about this and I'm going to Bill Belichick this all the way to Seattle. <laughs> yep. No, I mean, it's but, it's yeah, like, like you said, it, it's just been. Yeah, 
I'll, I'll give my I'll give my thoughts on it too, but I'll I'll Oh, I was going to let you go. Oh, go okay. First. Yeah. Um <laughs> I don't know. I was I was so excited when you start hearing the rumblings that he was coming back the first time. And you know, I remember watching the Rampage in Chicago, places going insane, and music hits, and all of a sudden it's like it's deafening. I'm at home and I'm just like, I gotta turn my volume down because holy shit, this stuff's loud. And uh, all the hype that went to it, you and I going to double or nothing that same year, watching him win the title from Adam Page, everything was was great. And then you start hearing about a little bit of drama, and I'm just like, what the hell? All right, whatever. Maybe it's just you know. The wrestlers just being dumb. It it things happen. It is what it is. But then it just kept getting worse. Kept getting worse. And then the brawl happens. And then uh, the he said he said thing. And just whose side are you on? And and blah 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 blah. And it's just like, can we just have wrestling, please? Can we can we not? This is not a. I understand. I've been calling wrestling a male soap opera for like my entire career of watching. But we don't really need the soap opera stuff outside of the ring. Just let it happen in the ring. That's the point. Yes. Tell the story. But. It just continues to go on and on and on. And then all of a sudden, you know, the elite's gone for a while because they all get suspended. Punk's gone because he's injured. People don't know if he's actually fired, blah, 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 blah. Fast forward, God knows how many months, Punk makes his return, has the real world's championship, and, you know, things are starting to move on. They give him collision, for for God's sakes. They, uh, you know, people want to fight this, but it's honestly, they, they made collision for Punk to have his own play playtime because he doesn't want to deal with the elite. Whatever. If he wants to be drama queen with it, that's fine. It is what it is. Then this bullshit happens with, with Jack Perry. And I'm just like, in, internally, I'm like, I'm done. I, I, I'm I'm so tired. There's been so, dra- so much drama since Punk returned to AEW. I feel like now that he's gone, part of me hopes that they go back to post or go back to pre-CM Punk levels with their shows, with their stuff, with the quality and whatnot. Do I love CM Punk as a wrestler? I did way back in the day. I thought he did a decent job in his return. But if he disappears again and never comes back to wrestling, I won't lose a minute of sleep over it. That's how done I am when it comes to this. So, yeah, that's my two cents. (laughs) My thoughts, and I want to make it clear, and I think, Scott, you're on the same page with me. We went there. And I don't want to discredit Dave Meltzer. I don't want to discredit Sean Ross Sapp. I don't want to discredit anybody who has insiders. Right. Um, for all I know, your insiders could be telling the truth, even though they'll have conflicting information that goes back and forth. But also, again, there's always the three sides of every story. What happened here? What happened there? What really happened? Exactly. So Thank you for I, mentioning that, by the way. I love that. I love that little thing. Yeah, it's because great. I've, I've noticed looking at online. Everyone has to pick a side. Yeah. You know, we'll start with the the, the brawl out. I yep. call it brawl out at this point. The all out brawl out. It's it's uh, fitting. It's fitting. Yeah. You know, the, the going back to the brawl out, you know, dis- despite what happened up until the fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I, you know. Yeah, Adam Page says some stuff supposedly called, you know, that was hearsay. But then we get to the point where you have the media scrum, and then the buck showed up at his door. The problem is people are like, well, the bucks barged in. And then other people are like, oh, CM Punk opened the door and just started swinging fists. We don't know. Right. We don't know. There's non-disclosure agreements. It's There is no, you know... Some people are like, well, the Bucks should have never done that. The EVP, no, you know, honestly, Punk also said, if you have a problem, you come to my door and we'll talk about it. Right. First of all, he invited that conversation. Yep. Also, the Bucks are EVBs. I'm not saying, you know, if they went in there to fight, you know, I don't know, but to sit, you know, but they also have the right to go knock on his door because they're the executive vice presidents go, hey. We want to talk. Yeah. And again, I don't know how it went down. Right. We we never will, honestly. We never will. You know, so as for here now, you know, I would assume reading what I've read with the assumptions, Jack Perry is in the wrong somewhat. 
So I won't sit here and look at this and go, this is all CM Punk. Right. There are definitely some bits of this. And, you know, supposedly he did this to get some heat, some heel heat. I don't know. I, I, it's odd because everyone says kayfabe is dead, but there's sometimes, sometimes you just like, you know, the real world is, you know, blends in too much. Um, people are shitting on Tony Khan for being a bitch, for being like, oh, you got worried that your life was threatened, this and that. You know, Vince McMahon would have never handled it. Yeah. Vince McMahon also came from a time. And now Jack Perry, the same thing. A lot of people are like, well, you know, Jack Perry, you know, if this was back in the, back in the day, people used to show up with knives and guns. Yep. And like threaten to kill each other. That's not the world we live in now. No. No, absolutely not. I don't care what happened back in the day. Could the locker room use some strong leadership? Could Tony handle things differently? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But honestly, though, I have to give him credit for, for firing CM Punk because he was their top March seller, I believe, for most of the summer. Mm-hmm. He is undoubtedly their, their biggest draw. So, you know, he had to make a decision, and you know if you're, and, and, and I hate the fact that people are going after Tony for feeling like his life was threatened. Angered for some for some from some people can be very dangerous, and if Tony felt like his life was in danger, then you maybe you should believe him. Like I, I get it, yeah, he's smaller in stature and he looks like you know whatever, but come on. Like give give the man the benefit of the doubt. He's he's sacrificing his cash cow essentially, but he wants a better place for the rest of his wrestlers. And if a lot of people are complaining about it, then maybe it's time to you know cut your losses and try to rebound because they were doing just fine before him, and I feel like they're gonna do just fine after him. So so it's interesting we're having the, you, you mentioned that. So it's telling somebody last night about All Out 21 and how All Out 21 to me is still my personal favorite Mm. and may arguably be the best AEW pay-per-view to date. I will stand by that statement. It was the one he aired at. You know, he first wrestled at for the first time in forever. Yep. Brian Danielson, um, Adam Cole, you know, debuted on that show. Yep. Um, You know, you had Christian Cage and Kenny Omega headlining with that pretty solid, you know, you had Minoru Suzuki, Showing up, you know, it was incredible. Yeah. And then we hopped to last year's Double or Nothing, where you and I were at. Yep. And already you could feel like a change. Mm. So whatever happened in that time frame, I don't know. Right. And again, I don't, uh, you, I don't want to assume anything. What I do know or at least what I think, with him gone, the drama will be pretty much back down to zero. Yeah, there's some stuff with Swollen or this stuff and that stuff. Yeah, cool. There's always going to be some type of drama mm-hmm. in wrestling. Always. But again, this, this was this was a big a big issue. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully things will calm down at this point. Yeah, yeah and, and, you know, again, everyone's going to be like, oh, if this is WWE, yeah, if this was WWE, this would be like tight luck, and they're really good at that. But there's also a lot of things that the company still does that's dick. Yeah. You yeah, know? Nobody's perfect here when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. No. So I think in the long run, this will be beneficial. You know, I'm not going to sit there and be like, you know, he needs to go. Right. Yeah, yeah. There was something going on, especially the fact that he got his own show. After coming back from suspension. Yep. And then he's barring certain people from his show. Like, I mean, if you want, they should have just done a hard, hard brand split there. And then you would have, should have handled this separately where you had different locker rooms when you were in London. Thank you. That's exactly that. You know, I, I pushed for, I pushed for that hard split because I had a feeling something like this would have happened if they wouldn't have split like this. But I don't know. Drama seems to find people regardless of where they are. So and and to be honest here, he's the only person in four years. I hate the WCW comparison. This there there is no comparison. Right. You know, this is gonna be a tough one for people to swallow. There's no comparison. Yep. WCW was owned by a multi-billion dollar corporation. They were a publicly traded company. Yep. You know, 
they let their top talent run the show. Yeah. You know what? Tony did do that for a bit. He did. And then he took reins. Yep. Which, you know, it can be questionable. You might look at, you know, oh, it hasn't been great. But, you know, Vince did the same thing too. Yep. For a long time. But he's let certain people, you know, he's had QT Marshall be like one of his ears. You know, he's worked with Brian. He's had Brian Danielson. He goes, I I croak tomorrow. Brian Danielson, I would hand this over to. Right. You know, that says a lot about Brian. Yeah. And again, going back to, you know, the punk, you know, focusing on that. I noticed there wasn't any of the old WWE guys in the company vouching for him. Minus FTR. Exactly. We were just talking about this last night. Yeah, exactly. Like nobody really seemed, but I mean, I think besides FTR, which I know we mentioned that as well, they're the only ones that have done anything kind of like beyond punk side, but everybody else has been tight lipped. Hasn't said a damn thing. Nobody in defense. So it's kind of like the signs are pointing to the real problem here. And that problem seems now to be gone. So, yeah, We'll so, see. We'll see how things go. So in summary, because I know there's going to be a lot of people who are going to listen to this and not like it and be like, well, I'm, you know, they don't want to watch AEW anymore. The product's crap, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, WWE is like the life that, you know, the saving grace here. Yeah. Let's keep in mind. This <laughs> is what I'm going to say. Who would have thought that was going to happen? This is what I will say. And Scott, I know you're going to be on my, you know. You watched... WWE when they screwed Bret Hart on a pay-per-view. Yep. When they let his brother die in the ring and continued with the show. Yep. When they screwed CM Punk over the first time. Mm-hmm. Or the, you know, when he left. You know, when they handled the Chris Benoit thing poorly. Yeah. I can go through a list longer of the shit that that company and Vince McMahon has done. Never mind, like, you know, what the trainers have... Who's who's the guy who got canned from... The, the, it was the... um The... You know, uh, Bill DeMott? You know, like... Yes. You know, yeah, stuff like... You could go down the line. Yeah, the, all, all the Me Too stuff and all that. Yeah, that's just... Yeah, the, the, the laundry list is, is very long. <laughs> and you continue to watch. Right. But this is your breaking point with a brand new company. Right. Get your priorities in check. Right. Think about it. Yep. Yep. That's what I'm going to say because it's insane to me. It's insane. It's it's people people were uh, basically uh, they're just reacting off their off their emotions and you know I understand there are some diehard CM Punk fans out there. And a lot of, well, there's a whole bunch of them, but you know, the world didn't end yesterday when collision happened, the crowd didn't take over. They didn't hijack the show. They, they, you were upset in the beginning when Tony Khan was making his pre-show stuff. And then it was business as usual. They applauded the, 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 the faces, they booed the heels, you know, they did their normal chance that they would normally do that. And it's business as usual. I fully expect all into this, uh, all out to do the exact same thing. Uh, maybe minus the the bitching and complaining in the beginning. I think most of the wrestling fans out there are tired of all this nonsense. They just want their old AEW back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and another thing, quickly, and I'll I'll end on this note. You know, people people talk about how the Bucks can't get out of their own ego and this and that and da 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 da. Um, you know, Shawn Michaels was the biggest douchebag in the company for a long time. And we still, you know, treat him as a legend. Right. And we're not talking about hearsay. That's the thing. There's a lot of hearsay with the Buck stuff, and they might be. And I'm not going to sit there and say they are. I'm not going to sit there. I don't know them personally. Right. But Troy Michaels did. You know, and we're okay with that. But that was because he was good. You know, to me, that that makes you look like, you know, that, no. I have a problem with that. If you got an ego and then you're, you're, it's okay that you're good at, you're good. Right. So you are you can be like, no. Yeah. It makes you, that puts you down the fucking totem pole. That makes you, I think, worse than somebody who has an ego in socks. 
personally. So that being said, um, again, I know John's going to want to talk about this at some point. Well, we will, we will hear his thoughts. <laughs> we'll hear his thoughts probably on the, uh, the post show, but let's hop over to, well, let's talk about something that the last time you and I recorded a show, there were two big milestones where about, we were like, this is the two things that really need to happen this year. We're going to pass one of them. This week, Gunther is going to be the longest reigning intercontinental champion. I certainly hope so. Um, and of course, this is this is no shot to Chad Gable because I I adore this man and everything that he's done in professional wrestling. He's been so underutilized; it's not even funny. But he is the final obstacle for Gunther this upcoming Raw for the IC title, and they've actually made. Um, Chad Gable look like a legitimate monster, and I there there is a non zero percent chance that Chad can upset Gunther on Monday and cost him the longest reigning title rate. And you know how I've been like, oh, Gunther's gonna take this, he's gonna continue to steamroll through everybody, it's gonna be a great match. I'm actually going into this match on Monday going, he might lose. Like, legit. And I don't know whether I'd be extremely upset about this or happy that they're capitalizing on Chad Gable finally. That's the thing. And the other one, I think, if I remember correctly, obviously, is Roman's reign just continuing and hopefully running all the way through WrestleMania so we can watch it live when he finally loses the belt. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we want to drop that little thing. We got tickets. Yes, sir. We did. Yep. ATR is going to WrestleMania 40. Uh, Very excited. We already got the hotel situation taken care of as well. So it's just a matter of getting there. So I'm probably going to take the the seven and a half hour drive because I'd rather not fly. Uh, And I know that we have talks about possibly meeting up somewhere and then driving the rest of the way. So either way, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll talk obviously as things get closer, how we want to handle when it comes to, you know, pick shows, if we want to do, you know, other random videos and just have a whole bunch of fun and just, you know, kind of take you along with us on our trip to WrestleMania week. So stay tuned. Obviously that's in April. It's only September, but still the fact that we got everything taken care of, we're ready to go. We're very, very excited. Yeah. Yeah. We're still working on everything else, you know, the raw after mania, Yep. You know, SmackDown, Hall of Fame, whatever NXT does. We're looking into that. Yep. So, um, but yeah, um, it'll be interesting if we get, you know, obviously Kobe, Cody and Roman up until mm-hmm. that point. Uh, the other thing, and we're getting close to it. This is when's a little further down the road. MJF, as of right now, as of the Sunday we're recording, he's at 288. He's now the second longest reigning champ. Yep. Behind Kenny, who is 346, I believe. I was just looking at this. Um, it looks like, and you know, what? let's play some fantasy booking because you and I, we don't fantasy book enough. It's true, we don't. Um, I want Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF, to become, you know, at least at the year mark. Okay, three sixty-five. Yeah. We have this thing right now with a certain fellow tag team champion. With a with a fellow baby. <laughs> Adam Cole, this this Adam Cole MJF thing is AEW does is is okay with certain storytelling. They do drop the ball on things. Right. They don't let things last as long as they should. They don't play the long game as they... The last time they really played the long game was actually MJF getting the title. And yep. Wardlow leaving him and Adam Page winning the... You know, those are the ones that come to mind. Right. Kenny Omega, you know, squashing for a bit just to become, you know, the, the champ that he was. Right. That kind of stuff comes to mind. But here... You know, they just won the tag championships, which we, I think we were all like, no, there's no way they're winning this belt. This is going to be a long thing. 
Yep. We all expected somebody to turn on the other to lead into the main event. And they don't. They win the titles. And it's like, oh, shit. Now what? <laughs> and then they have the what I thought was an incredible main event. Mm. Because M- Adam Cole is a... um. He was the face of NXT for at least a year. At least a year. And, you know, he was synonymous with the brand. And in some ways, he still is. I think when I think of the best version of NXT was the black and gold where Undisputed Era reigned supreme. Yes. Hands down. Yep. MJF, he's been getting there. But he always worked with people who were, you know, more ex, you know, who had more, um, it's the word I'm looking for here, more, um, experience in the ring than he has. Yeah. yeah. So then when you had both of them who are still two technically younger guys, I know Adam Cole, he's, you know, young, you know, lower mid thirties at this point. So he's younger, but he's not that much younger. Right. I was like, he's not MJF young. No, he's not. And I was like, ah, this could be, this will, this will be good. But I did have doubts because, you know, not all of them are, not both of them are as polished as some little veterans would be, if you will. Right. They're not Sting. They're not 63 years old and just still looking like a king in the ring. I don't know. Between him and Dustin Rhodes. <laughs> diving off of shit. They have no reason to dive. Things that us being younger than them have, would never dive off of things. And they're just like, yeah, whatever. We, off we go. Yeah, I, I I did have some doubts, but I was like, especially in front of the, I thought this would have been like the all-out main event, not the all-in. And when they did it and all-in, it was great. And then the ending happened. Yep. And now it's like, you know for a fact that we're now in the long game here. Right. I'm starting to believe, I'm going to say this right now. I'm starting to believe Adam Cole is the one who's going to take the belt from him. I, I believe that because the, the turn has to eventually come. It has to. I don't know who, who at this point, I don't know who's going to turn. There's all the speculation that Adam Cole's doing the, uh, the stab you in the back hug that he did with Roddy back in NXT. He's done it now twice to MJF. So I'm like, yeah, I see it. I think it'd be, I think it would be really, really cool to see MJF be the one that gets turned on instead of turning on somebody. But then I feel like, where does MJF go from here? If he is the one to turn on or to get turned on by um, Adam Cole. So it makes more sense for me, at least for MJF to turn on Adam Cole, because it kind of reminds me of the whole Scorpion and the Frog story. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard that story. People who haven't heard the story, you know, uh, Scorpion needs to get across like uh, I think it's like a river or a stream or something, but he can't do it because it was round. So he asks this frog to get on, you know, his back so he can take him across stream, jumping on lily pads or whatnot to go across. And the frog at first is like, no, 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 you're a scorpion. You're going to sting me, you know, and then we'll both die and it's not going to. No, it's not going to work. Scorpion's like, no, 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 I won't do it. I, I just I want to get across the stream. You know, you're the only one that can help me do it. So Frog reluctantly agrees, and they you know they go partway across the thing, and the Scorpion being a scorpion stings the frog. And they both end up dying. So before that, the frog's like, Why did you do it? Scorpion's like, I'm a scorpion after all. It's what we do. I feel like the same story is gonna happen here with with punk. Oh, with punk, my god. Get them out of my head with uh <laughs> MJF and Adam Cole. It's like I feel like it makes more sense for Adam Cole to be the one, the one that gets turned on here, that MJF is the bad guy. Because honestly, as as entertaining as his face run has been, his heel work is far and away better. And he he should be a bad guy. Adam Cole obviously should be a bad guy as well. Same story, but I feel like this wouldn't hurt Adam Cole as much as I think it would hurt MJF. If MJF was turned on by Adam Cole, yeah. you see what I'm saying? No, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But then Adam Cole at some point is gonna have to switch to be a heel, which I guess well, you can do him, him, him attacking MJF would effectively make him a heel. 
And MJF would then be, you know, would then have to be the face for a little while until he decides to be whatever and turns um, on whoever else he decides to be friends with. I do like the fact that they're really diving into like the personal stuff or how um, MJF's friends have always turned on him. Nobody's ever been around. And Adam all of a sudden is there like, I'm here for you. I'm your best friend and yada, yada, yada. And so. I don't know. It, there's lots of different intricacies and variables that are thrown into this. And it's like this, this could be really special. I just, I I want them to succeed with this. Like, I, I don't want it to just be a random. Oops. This happened. Sorry. It, and that's the thing. I think. I feel like there's stock in this. Yeah. There's some stock in this, especially. So I'm going to, I'm going to hear something. I keep saying a year. But I might, I might take that back a little bit, and let me explain why. We are 76 days away from Full Gear. Mm-hmm. That is the next pay-per-view. Uh, after all out, it's the next pay-per-view. We got Wrestle Dream, but that's going to be like a... It's almost going to be like a... It's a tribute a, a, show, I think you said. Yeah. The day that Full Gear falls on is day number 364 of the title reign. Oh, my God. It's so close. That's, Imagine, that's almost poetic, too. God damn it. <laughs> Imagine if Adam Cole takes the belt away at full gear. At 364. I mean, I won't be mad if it doesn't happen and we go north of it. Right. And then Adam Cole re-challenge him at double or nothing or maybe revolution. But see, that's the thing. I don't want that to happen. Like, I don't want to. I don't want this to turn into the summer of Christian and and Randy Orton. Yeah, no, no, no. Six straight months of pay per views and stuff like that. Like, if well, I'm not saying that they wrestle at full gear. Like, if 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 this is okay. If we are looking at this, if at full gear, Adam Cole takes on MJF. Adam Cole has to win the belt. Or. Talk about the bloodline in a minute. MJF wrestles somebody else. And Adam Cole turns on him then. Okay. See, that I can definitely, that I can see. To lead to another match later on. Yes. Yes. That's fine. That's, that's fine. It's, yeah. I'm okay with that because that's story development. That's how that, that's how that stuff should work. You know, like he can like accidentally cost him the title. Or something like that, or you know, whatever, and maybe cause a D. I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see if they do anything like that. But no, that's fine. I have no. I personally have no issues with that. I think that would be that would be a lot of fun. The only issue with it that happening at full gear, and I'm going to look at this right now. Most of the title changes. So I'm going through this right now. Mm-hmm. The first one, it didn't happen. The second one. It didn't happen. But I believe the last couple have been when the title changes have happened. Okay. So this is 20. Hangman Page defeated Kenny Omega at the 21. The 22 is obviously when MJF won it. Right. So this would almost become predictable. If Adam, this would be the the title change pay-per-view. Right. Which is the only reason I would push for him going north of 365. Right. And then doing it like Revolution or a double or nothing. Um, However, it's very satisfying seeing the 364. And if Adam took that belt away, and you know how MJF is, and you know what Adam Cole's going to do with that. Yep. It's like you couldn't reach a year. I mean, I I have your year. Yep. I have your one day right here in my hands. Yep. The psychology of that. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun to watch develop. Absolutely. And you would get a rematch. You would get a rematch at some point. Right. Um. So yeah, those two title title reigns. And again, we got Roman Reigns. Well, I know, I know you're you're all about the bloodline. You know, you just you've you've been acknowledging Roman Reigns since you know the bloodline started. You know, especially since and I've said this before. When I got back into wrestling in 2016, mm-hmm. you know, I started following, you know, you know, I, I, I try to be very like, let me see what somebody's about. 
And Roman Reigns was just not hitting. Kind of like the Usos. Like when I started watching, they were still in the colors and they were all, and I'm like, why? And then they switched to the Usos. Yeah. And we have one of the best tag teams that WWE's probably ever had. Yep. So, man, this is quite the, t- I, I want your thoughts at this point, because I know there are some people who are watching who now think it's going on too long. Well, I mean, we've we've hit officially three years now over three years since Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns have become a thing. And and that just blows my mind, number one, because you never get stuff that lasts this long in wrestling today. Never. It's things are a year and a half max, like factions and whatnot, and then they're over and then they move on. And that's it. Everybody develops differently. You know, you have the rarities like the New Day, who who've never broken up. They've never even like hinted at a breakup. Um, obviously, with Biggie getting hurt, you know, it's just Kofi and just in, in just Woods. Obviously, they're not as powerful as all three of them together, but it's still entertaining to watch. And it's actually nice for Woods because he's now getting some more, um, more exposure, more ta- more time on, on in the ring. Um, like the man's doing a fast, uh, uh, he's multifaceted personally. He's got so much stuff going on outside of wrestling too. So uh, I, I appreciate him for a lot of things. Um, but uh, my little tangent, I'll get right back onto the, the bloodline here, which is where we we're trying to talk about. Um, I've been, I've been a fan since, since Roman returned from his injury during the Thunderdome era, attacking the fiends, uh, rest in peace, Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman, and just absolutely dominating. And when he when he did that, I I remember watching the, and I was like, he seems different. So obviously, I know he just obviously he defeats leukemia for the second time in his life, and but he just seems like he's he has this different aura about him. So I'm like, all right, we'll see where this goes. And then the whole bloodline storyline picks up and just starts going full steam. And it's just been amazing. Um, I've enjoyed every moment of it. Now it's kind of like in this lull because he defeats Jey Uso because of Jimmy. Jimmy interfering and attacking his brother. Jimmy staying because he wants to, you know, he loves his brother, doesn't want him to become, become corrupted, et cetera, et cetera. Jimmy quits a few years, a few weeks ago. Attacks Roman, attacks Jimmy, says, I'm out, out of SmackDown, out of the bloodline, out of WWE. He, he disappears. Things happen at Payback. Small spoiler. He's back now, but he's on the Raw brand. Cody Rhodes did some magic, uses his, uh, his pull, and brings him over to Raw. Does that mean Cody now gets traded to SmackDown? Maybe it's time to finish the story. I don't know. We won't. We'll figure all that out later. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see what's going to happen on the SmackDown side of things now. Obviously, with this past SmackDown, we have AJ Styles getting involved with Jimmy, and then with Solo, and now Jimmy seeming to be wanting to get back into the bloodline. Does this now position the club and AJ Styles as Roman's next contender for the title? Uh, I would love that. Honestly, personally, I love AJ Styles. I, I've wanted him to be back in the title picture for a very long time. And I obviously I know he's towards the end of his career. He's not going to win, obviously, because Roman's going to hold that title until Mania because I've been preaching this for two years and I needed to come to fruition at this point. Um, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, where they go from there, I don't know. But for now, I'm still thoroughly enjoying everything that has to do with bloodline stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's uh hypothetically speaking, if he wins, uh, he holds his title to mania. Yep. So obviously we beat Pedro Morales. Yep. In his I... so I'm 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 just looking at it here. So if he keeps the universal title until then, I'm gonna go through both titles here. Yep. Actually, I'll go with the WWE. If he keeps the WWE title, he's had for 517 days. He's going to beat Bob Backlund's original run from 78. Mm-hmm. It will be the, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, sixth 
with the WWE title. Actually, Bob okay. Backlund's second one? First one? I can't tell. If if he holds the Universal title yep. until Mania, mm-hmm. he will surpass Bruno San Martino's second run. Be the fourth longest reign of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he would have to. I, I actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was I was going through my phone uh, yesterday and I ran into that meme that somebody had done like a year and a half ago, like how long it would take before Roman breaks all the records. He would have to hold the uh, the championship until like I don't know, I have to pull it. I have to try to find it again, but uh, I think it was the Royal Rumble is when he'll break Bruno's second run. So then he'll take it after that. The next one, I believe, is Hogan's. But that's another, like, 200 days. And he's not going to make that before Mania. I think he has to go. He'll be 100 days short, I believe. Yeah. So he'll have to go another two, three pay-per-views before he breaks that. I don't think it's going to happen. The man's already in the top five. You want to give him the fourth run? That's fantastic. I think that's great. Roman has been carrying things. Even though he's been gone a lot, his presence is still there. And, you know, I think Paul Heyman's done a masterful job of keeping Roman always on people's minds, you know, and and pushing Solo along as well. Solo's been developing into a wonderful, wonderful wrestler. And when that man decides to break out on his own, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Um, I'm very interested to see what happens with Jimmy because I love the Usos. But I've always liked Jay better than Jimmy. And it's not it's not a knock on Jimmy. It's just I think Jay does a better job of actually communicating with the crowd. Um yeah. even even during payback, like he he does this thing now in the ring where he just bounces his hands back up and down and the crowd just goes absolutely shit. They're crazy and they're doing it too. It's like he grabs them with Jimmy. They just boo him now because they hate him for what he did to Jay, which makes sense, which is also good. You're getting a reaction out of the crowd. So We'll see what happens with Jimmy going forward. Will he turn into just a lackey? Maybe. I feel bad for that if that happens. But Jay, I think once Gunther drops the Intercontinental Championship, I think Jimmy is a is a title winner before Mania. He might even win it at Mania, but he's away from the bloodline. But I think Jimmy can easily be at least a mid-card champion before before Mania this upcoming year. And then after that, who knows? Maybe he could touch the heavyweight title. He's already had shots with it against Roman. He's had great matches with Roman. See if maybe he can go for the World Heavyweight Championship. I'd be completely okay with it. I think that as of right now, I think Jimmy's or Jay is probably the the third biggest babyface on Raw now behind Rollins and Cody. And Raw needs big baby faces. So this is a perfect opportunity for him. Do you think I want to ask this because I know. Do you think he's the one that's going to take the title or you still think that they're playing the long game and Cody's coming in at 40? It it depends. Um, If this trade or acquisition of, of Jay bringing over to Raw, if that's Cody's way of sneaking out and going into SmackDown eventually. Then yeah, I'll run with the long game and have Cody be the one to drop Roman. If it's not, I have no idea at this point who's going to be the one to to challenge Roman. We might have to wait until the Rumble to see who wins, and then once they decide, could be somebody out of left field. And honestly, I kind of in, I'm intrigued by that. I want to see what happens because now that we have two definite heavyweight champions again, you don't really know who's going to challenge who. So that's that's good. So it could lead into something great. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, I think the long game is still Cody versus Roman. But obviously, as you know, wrestling, things always tend to change. So as long as Roman could stay healthy, I know that's why he's not wrestling now, because he's not healthy. Because I believe he was injured with his match versus Jay. Uh, So for now, we don't really need to do much. We can do the slow game. We can have, uh, as I believe, the next pay-per-view is Fastlane now for WWE. Mm-hmm. opportunity for AJ Styles if they're going to go that route to have a shot against probably Jimmy or Solo and if they can get past him then after that I think some I think Survivor Series is next after that already Survivor Series are we doing more games this year 
Uh, I don't know. They haven't talked about it. Um, but I think if they do war games, it's more of like faction versus faction or faction versus group. We could have the bloodline versus the club. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Interesting, interesting takes. Interesting takes. Yeah. It's a good time. It's still a good time to be a fan, I think. Absolutely. I feel like between the all in sellout, well, sellout, you know, 81,000, you know, paid in attendance. Yep. And then WWE topping that with the opening gate of what, 91? 92, I think. 92? 92, now, tickets. Now, was. What is the what is the Eagles Stadium capacity? Their capacity without being on the field is seventy one thousand, I believe. So is ninety one both days? That's the thing. I don't know. They didn't but, specify. They just said that ninety ninety two thousand tickets were sold the first day. Uh, WWE fashion. Yes. I mean, they're also the ones that said 101,000 were in Dallas for WrestleMania 32, which I was in attendance for. But now the real number is saying it was only 80,000. Well, this is the thing, and this is where the arguments are happening online. So the thing that AEW is claiming, and you know, you, this is this is just they're claiming it's 81,000 paid in attendance, right? Whereas WWE's always been like, we have this many people in attendance. Right. So that number for 32 could still be correct. Right. But you're not talking about tickets that have been given away. You're not talking about the staff, you know, you're including the staff, the team. Right. The wrestlers, everybody. Yeah. There's 101,000 yeah. people in this building right now. Yeah. Because Maybe. it's fun. I never thought about that. I'm like, why, why they inflate the numbers? And then you really think about it. It's like, maybe they're not inflating the numbers, but they're wording it in a way. Correct. Yeah. So it's a Jedi mind trick. It's really what it is. Yes, it is a Jedi mind trick. Yeah, we got a. And you know what EW is going to do good next year with uh with all in. It's going to sell out again. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a it was a good show. The one thing I wish and, and I, I know they're probably not going to be able to do it because it's an open stadium. The sound seemed a little detached. Like it seems very hollow, but obviously you got it's it's an open air stadium, so it, the sound's not going to bounce. It's going to escape, so you really can't really tighten that up. But that for me, like the production value, is still on the on the way up. They still have a lot of things that they can do to to sharpen things up, but you know, other than that, the performers did a great job. There oh, really wasn't there really wasn't a bad. Uh, I really wasn't a bad match. Obviously, we don't get into all or yeah, all all in too much. It's too many all ins and outs. Um, we'll talk about that during post show. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was good. I like the fact that wrestler wrestling fans are coming out in droves to to go. Um, I love the fact that Mania is two nights now. I mean, if COVID did anything good for the wrestling business, it was giving WrestleMania two nights. Mm hmm. You know, you know, if you want to do that, you know, obviously, if, if people want to go even farther back and say that it was New Japan that started that trend, that's great. I love that for them, too. You and I want you and I bucket list Tokyo Dome. It's going to happen uh -huh. at some point. Five year plan. I think we talked about so A five year plan for ATR. Definitely going to drag Ethan with us. You know. right. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, he. I think we talked about this before. I think he was all in on it. So I was just like, man, going to Tokyo for, I don't know, like a week and then just. Man, just experience that. It's going to be just absolutely wild. And and the fact that I've always wanted to go to Japan. So it's just like, uh, yeah, this is this is going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. And obviously, we talked about if WrestleMania ever goes to London, we'll probably end up going to that, too. So get your passports ready, boys. ATR is going global. Yeah. World. If we weren't going to Mania, I know we said this. If we weren't. If we weren't going to Mania, I would have absolutely we'd be going to London next year. Right. And I think for me, let's talk about it now. If we you know Mania goes well, oh well, this is gonna this is gonna be the thing, all right? We do Mania next year. Maybe the following year, we go to London for all in. Unless hear me out. 
unless that's when WWE pulls the trigger. If Mania happens in mm. London at Wembley Stadium, true, because they haven't talked about they haven't talked about where Mania is going to be next year. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe they have actually. I don't remember off the top of my head. I thought maybe Minnesota was something, but uh, whatever. If it's not next year, maybe it's the year after. We'll they, see. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Oh God, I'm so sorry. I know. I know. It's great though. Like it's funny because I'm actually already going to London next year, but I'm going for a friend's wedding, um, which I'm really excited for. At Wembley Stadium. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Woo! that'd be nuts. Uh, no, um, but man, yeah, that's gonna be great to go to go over there again. Uh, I went over when I was God in my early twenties, uh, doing a, a college trip. Went over. I think there was like forty of us, and that was a lot of fun. Um. But yeah, being able to go back over for for another week in February, see what's up, see London in the snow, possibly. Mm. I'm I'm all for that. So we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, obviously, Mania will be in April, so it's probably going to rain over in London because that's what it does. Lots of rain. Um, I I do I do wonder how Philly's going to be though, in the beginning of April. So that was the thing because I was excited, and then I sat there, and obviously moving to where I've moved. I'm like, sweet, we're going to Mania. Then I'm like, eh, it's going to be cold. Maybe, maybe. If it's like in the 40s or 50s, that would be fine. Being outside the whole day, though, that's going to be a little rough, probably. But we'll, we'll 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 cross that bridge once we get to it. Well, let's go back to when Mania was at, in a, at MetLife. They've done this twice now. That's true. I think, you know, what was it? One year, they actually had a delay because it rained, which I think was the first time that's ever happened. Yeah, but that was, I think, in Tampa. Oh, that's right. That was Tampa. That's right. Because there was the infamous uh, picture of uh, Samoa Joe in a <laughs> in a rain suit. That, but man, oh man, his commentary back in the day was just beautiful. I wish, I, I hope that once Joe finally retires from the ring, that he is commentator for AEW or wherever, because his one-liners and his insight is just beautiful. I love it so much. I love it when a good heel or a good just badass gets on commentary and just has a ball it's so much fun it adds so much to it and it's not a knock on the commentators it's just it's that outside flavor it's just so good it's just mm, i want it so much more mm-hmm. uh, but yeah no i mean they did find it met life i believe it wasn't honest i don't even think it was that cold back then so we'll see i don't i hope and pray that we don't have any major weather issues um a little light snow, I think, would be kind of cool, but obviously that'd be very cold for a lot of people. So, I don't actually, know. Um, that stadium isn't domed, is it? No, no it's, it's not. not. It is not. No, that is a wide open stadium, which is another reason why I was a little surprised that they talked about that. See, Minnesota, if they go to Minnesota next year, that makes perfect sense because it's a domed stadium and it's brand goddamn new. Well, that was what I was thinking about. Yeah, Minnesota. If you if you go up north, you should be in dome stadiums around right. that time. Hundred you know, percent. You're not going to Gillette to do the Royal Rumble in January. No, no, no. no. Like I don't think Gillette will ever get a small pay per view. Maybe I think I think they were supposed. Were they? Or SummerSlam was supposed to come up here during COVID, I believe. It was mm-hmm. supposed to be in Boston. I don't remember if it was just going to be at the Garden. Oh, yeah, I think it was just going to be at the Garden because. They weren't doing the open stadiums yet for the big four. Um, because I think we talked about SummerSlam, yeah, because we were going to go to Mania in, in Dallas, uh, in uh, in Tampa, and then have everybody come up to Massachusetts to go to SummerSlam. We were going to kind of try to do that thing the next year, and then obviously COVID happened and that scrapped everything. But I would love to still be able to do something like that at some point. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I've only done one of the big four or big five. So I think to check them off my bucket list. The only one I'm missing, I think, at this point is SummerSlam. I've done I did summer I did Survivor Series last year. I've done multiple rumbles and now I'll be doing multiple manias. Which and is I've done and I've done a whole bunch of money in the banks when they're in Massachusetts. I'm surprised yeah. you missed SummerSlam. SummerSlam for me has always been the one that I was just like, meh. 
Because I I think in John, John would have to confirm this. I think because we've talked about this and he's been to a fair share of pay-per-views himself. Um, he went to the last because there was a long, that long gap where they weren't coming up here. Right. He was at the SummerSlam, you know, Edge and John Cena. That was the one where it's Hulk Hogan's last match in WWE against Randy Orton, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. All right. You know, I feel like that's one you might not have missed. But, yeah, no, I mean, I think SummerSlam, because especially when WrestleMania is taken out that is happening during that weird part of the year where depending on where you are in the country, it could still be kind of cold. Right. I think SummerSlam would be an awesome one to do. Again, I think it's one that needs to happen outside. Yeah, absolutely. You need to, you know, we talk about the party. I remember the first SummerSlam I watched coming back into wrestling. Mm -hmm. I think it was 2016. I was like, oh, it's the party of the summer. And I, again, I I stopped watching in 2005. Right. So I'm used to like all the different sets and I'm used to this. And I think I watched SmackDown. I was watching SmackDown and Raw. And then all of a sudden I see SummerSlam and I'm like, there's nothing special about this. Right. It's a glorified televised event right now. And even now they've gotten better. I mean, they've been they've been to Allegiant Stadium. Right. They this pack they were in Detroit and that crowd was electric. Um but I need I need them to be outside. Yep. You know, they need to they don't need to be on a beach. This isn't you know, bash at the beach. You know, it's true. I mean or, that would that would be kind of fun if they did stuff like that, but you need an open stadium like that. You need to fill it with fifty thousand people, and you know I don't think there's any beach stadiums that really do that. Well, I mean the only, I mean if you really want to get that outside feel on a beach, and this you could, I think WWE f- could do it if they announced it. If you were to book it at like Daytona. The speedway. The speedway's huge. That's true. You can fit hundreds of thousands of people in that thing, probably. Like, if WWE really wants to make the, hey, we're going to take Pyongyang's attendance record. Speaking of Daytona, you and I need to do that at some point, too. We do. We do. Yeah, that was a, that's a, that's a good time itself. Yeah. <sighs> Actually, the year I went to, the, the year we were supposed to go to Mania, yep. I had gone to Daytona. Did podcast about it, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I believe um, Sheamus was the uh, the pace pace car. Nice, you know. So it was a uh, it was a good one. Um, yeah. So just so everyone knows, we're gonna be continue. Power Slim's gonna continue as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, news break. Expect that to you know come back at some point. We're keeping all the new stuff out. Uh, we're trying to just be more open form. It's kind of like BS. Focusing on YouTube. Make sure you follow us on YouTube. Like, subscribe. And I don't know. I think you know Scott and I need to come back, come back to our roots, if you will. You know, yep. Just this the you and I, we haven't done this in a while. We need to do this more often. I agree. 100 percent Well, anything else before we uh, decide to dip? <clears throat> I think that's it for today. I really can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Nope. Well, I mean, the only thing, I mean, again, you know, thinking about the families of Terry Funk, families of Bray yes. Wyatt, very unfortunate to happen in the same week. Within 24 hours of one another. Mm-hmm. That's that's the crazy thing. You know, Terry Funk, you know, you would have thought he would have gone a long time ago and did not. Right. Uh, yeah, we also, like you said, Jimmy Buffett, we also lost Bob Barker the, Bob at the Barker. age the age of 99, the closest you can go without going over. God bless the soul. God bless his soul. It's a man just... lived that kind of life. Yes. But guys, thank you so much for listening and watching. If you watch it on YouTube, don't forget to follow us on all of our, you know, all social media. I keep saying Twitter, but X. You know, that's gonna be a long time for everybody to get used to saying. I know. You know, on your streaming, you know, wherever you listen to your podcast, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review, tell people why Ship It Stooges and Above the Ring is the wrestling podcast of your choosing and why they should listen to us as well. Scott and I, we're Above the Ring. 
Don't forget to ship it. And since day one, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.